This is Vanderbilt Business, a podcast about the students, faculty, and staff at Vanderbilt's Owen Graduate School of Management. Through our stories, we hope to give listeners a better picture of the people who shape our community here in Nashville and the world around us. For the majority of MBA students, summer is a time for internships. We've asked several first-year students about their internship journeys and how they got their positions. We'll check back on them at the end of the summer to get their thoughts on the experience. This week, we spotlight a student concentrating in finance, specifically investment banking. Brooke Meissner of the Career Management Center talks with Trip Salem, who's interning at SunTrust Robinson Humphrey this summer. Because the financial world comes with terminology that isn't easily understood through context alone, a quick review of Tripp's career to date will clear up potential confusion. Coming out of college, Tripp worked as a credit analyst, someone who analyzes financial information about bank clients and makes recommendations on the creditworthiness of loan applications. He went on to work in corporate development at Surgical Care Affiliates, also known as SCA, which is one of the largest providers of outpatient surgery in the U.S. In discussing his time at SCA, Tripp makes references to his work on transactions, a catch-all term for the buying and selling of businesses. It's this type of transactional work that inspired Tripp to return to school for a business degree. Also, Tripp and Brooke reference different types of interview questions. Behavioral, also known as fit questions, concern broad-based job competencies like teamwork, problem-solving, and dealing with ambiguity. Technical questions test knowledge of financial and accounting principles. And lastly, Tripp gives a much-appreciated plug for Wall Street Week, which occurs during fall break in October and is a chance for students interested in investment banking to visit firms in New York and Charlotte with Vanderbilt faculty. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Tripp. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good, good. How, how's, the, how's the drive going? The drive is uh, going well. It's uneventful, so that's a success so far. Excellent. And you're... And you are headed to Atlanta for, is it for your internship that will start tomorrow? Yes, that's right. I, um, I start tomorrow with SunTrust Robinson Humphrey. Wow. Great. Good. Good. How's, how's it all, uh, how's it all feeling? Excited? A little, little nervous? Just relaxed? <laughs> like, glad that it's finally here? Yeah. I mean, all of the above. It, it kind of depends on the time of day you ask me. I mean, <laughs> I, I get, I get nervous to actually start. I get really excited to be working again you know um, I you know, having worked for eight years before business school it, it was a shock to me to not be working and yeah. so it, it'll be nice to be kind of back in the office environment um, it'll be nice to you know see what I can do after a year of, of really intense studying at Owen so I am I would say I'm, I am more excited or, you know I I also have a ton of personal things going on with a pregnant wife right now that yes. make me nervous for wholly unrelated re- reasons uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm, there's a lot going on, a lot to be excited about right now. Great. So since you, since you already were talking briefly about some of your background, if you would, um, why don't you start out and, and, and give your backstory, your, your two-minute elevator pitch, kind of catch us up on, on what you've done in the past. Yeah, sure. So right out of undergrad, I joined a, uh, a regional bank called Regents Bank. Uh, they had a, a leadership development program they called their management associate program. And I went into that right out of undergrad and it came out of that program as a credit analyst on their healthcare banking team. And unfortunately, I, I had the, the right way to say it, maybe the unique um, experience of joining a bank in 2008, <laughs> right before the global financial crisis really hit. I mean, it was, it was a wild time to be in banking. And so it, it wasn't... A, 
exactly what I thought it would be, and I, I don't think it was a normal time but for any bank. And so uh, I did that for two years, though, and one of the one of the guys I had gone through the, the program with had left Regions to go work for a company called Surgical Care Affiliates, which I would never heard of, uh, but we were talking, and he was telling me what he was doing in corporate development, and it sounded like a lot of fun. And so I asked him to keep me in mind when something, you know, something came available. And a few months later, a uh, position did come available, and I switched and joined the uh, SEA as a financial analyst doing a lot of financial modeling, a lot of presentations, pitch books, uh, confidential information memorandums, um, a lot of that work. I eventually, um, over a number of years, worked my way up to a senior director role at SEA where I was more so leading uh, transactions that we're, we were working on and some of our strategic conversations with health systems and uh, certain parts of the country, particularly the Pacific Northwest. At that point, I had been at SCA about five years, and I got a phone call from my dad, who is actually somewhat of a, a serial entrepreneur. He started a number of businesses, and he's, he's got one cooking, and um, it has been growing really quickly, and they asked me if I was interested in handling the financial side of the business. And I thought it was a really unique opportunity to, you know, one, in the shoes of a startup, and two, kind of learn a new aspect of finance that was more operational focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to take the plunge. I joined uh, a company called Proxis RX, and I joined as their financial officer. And while I was there, I had the, the, the chance to co-lead a multi-site acquisition that the company was working on. And it was while I was working on that that I just remembered how much I love working on deals and just the pace, the intensity of it. It's just fun. And so that really is the, was the driving factor for me to say, you know what, I, I want to go back to business school and pivot into a career that is focused exclusively on transactions. So for me, that narrows the field pretty considerably. And, and investment banking was a, a, a very clear choice for me because that's primarily what they do. And so I pursued investment banking from the get-go and was lucky enough to land an internship with SunTrust Robinson Humphrey, which we've already discussed. I'm in route to right now. Yeah, congrats. It's neat to see that the pieces come together like that. So when you were, back when you were first applying to Owen, and, and we, we had a chance to, to meet before you started as a student, you were kind of weighing a couple of, of options. Could you could you talk some about, you know, what options you were thinking about and, um, and how some of that ended up panning out? Sure, happy to do that. I came to, to Owen um, initially trying to focus more so on healthcare and healthcare venture capital or healthcare private equity. You know, that for mm-hmm. one, my, my entire background, you heard, you know, from my first job to my last job, you know, it was all finance jobs, but all focused in the healthcare industry. So I, I right. for one, I, you know, I feel like I have a good understanding of the healthcare industry. I also see how much opportunity is there both mm-hmm. now and in the long run. I also felt like my natural network played well to the venture capital and private equity areas of uh, Nashville, which, you know, just right. based on what I had done at FCA and some other, uh, and through my, frankly, through uh, my dad and, and his, his business relationships and what I was able to develop at Proxis, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I had a, a very strong network in Nashville that could be really fruitful in terms of landing a venture capital or private equity job. So, you know, that was, a, that was actually my my primary focus when I first came to Owen, I actually got to invest investment banking on a somewhat uh, circuitous path that started with, with venture capital and private equity. I, you know, I knew that 
to break into those spaces is primarily network networking driven, especially in Nashville. Nashville, you know, it's big. It's a big city, you know, relative to Birmingham, but it's still not not massive, and it is slanted very much towards healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but that being said, you know, there's still not there's not a ton of venture capital and private equity groups there. So it's a small it's it's a small circle. So you have to really know somebody to break into it. And so I spent a lot of time, I mean, right out of the gate at Owen, just networking, uh, trying to meet folks. Um, some uh, any any Owen alum in particular, my first um, targets. And I also targeted people that I formerly worked with at FBA and in other jobs, um, just trying to get in front of people, just to talk to people and see what was out there, see what was available. And, you know, what I came to realize is, you know, one, I didn't know as much about venture capital and private equity as I thought I did. <laughs> and uh, two, um, a huge part of their the life cycle of those businesses, it, it revolves around the funds and, and whether they're they're raising a fund and whether they're deploying the, the capital from that fund, those are really the times when they have needs and that's when they look to hire. And if you don't time that, um, you're just, there's, they're not going to be hiring anyone, so you're just, you're going to have a very hard time landing a position. You might get an internship, but what they will all say is, you know, we can't promise you that it's going to turn into a full-time position by the time you graduate. And for me, that was somewhat of a deal killer just because I have, I, I, I have to think about it in terms of my family too, with a wife and um, soon to be two kids mm-hmm. um, at home. You know, it was really important to me to, to pursue an internship that had a, a, a pretty a, a high likelihood of being offered a full-time uh, position in the event, you know, I didn't totally screw up my internship. So that being said, so when I when I came to realize that about those two, about venture capital and private equity, that's what really caused me to start thinking, okay, maybe I should consider something else. So yeah. investment banking was, you know, right there, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's the exact type of work I want to do. It's just not in the cities I was initially targeting. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but... That being said, I did know that um, Owen had a very strong alumni network and strong ties to SunTrust, Robinson, Humphrey, which is uh, in Atlanta, which was, you know, ideal for me because Atlanta is, you know, an hour and a half from my hometown of Birmingham, which is, you know, important for, for me and my wife that we stayed in the southeast mm-hmm. because we have family here. And so uh, we, and learning that, like, you know, SunTrust was in Atlanta and there's a few other um, really, really good sh- uh, firms and shops in, uh, in Charlotte. You know, we decided that it was probably a better path to, to go down investment banking, um, which, you know, for one, it has a very high conversion rate from your internship to your to a full-time offer, which is very important to me. And two, mm-hmm. it's a very applicable experience for private equity and venture capital as a secondary um, career path. You know, the, the, a right. huge part of what you do in banking, you know, is, is, is particularly dealing with those financial sponsors that are private equity groups. So. Mm-hmm. And a number of people leave banking to go into private equity. So it seemed like a a, a win-win um, in, in terms of a, a backup career path. And, and now having gone through it, you know, I, the more I've uh, spent time learning about investment banking, the, the better I, I feel about that decision. So if I had any one advice for incoming students in that way, I would say you definitely don't want to, like, let the jobs come to you. You definitely want to mm-hmm. be proactive and, and going after what is, even if it's wrong, going after what you think you want and then learning about it and making a, a conscious decision not to pursue it for whatever reason, uh, the more diligent you can be, the more intentional you can be with your efforts, um, the more likely you are to land a position 
that uh, meets your long-term goal. So no, thank you. Thank you for that. And that, I mean, I think just a couple of things I'll, I'll kind of point out from that is, is that that story matches what I've heard from a lot of other students who um, may come to Owen thinking about private equity or venture capital. And we certainly have <clears throat> students who intern in those areas. I think at least two of your classmates, if not more, are interning in, in venture capital firms. The two that I can think of both in Nashville this summer, but Typically, the chances that those have converted to full-time offers with those firms are pretty small. Yeah. Um, very, very small. I can I can only think of one situation where someone has landed a full-time offer in my my four years here, in in a private equity firm like that. So yeah, it's it's not a, it's not an easy route. So I think and I, and I think it's a really good point of yeah, try it, like experience it, and see if it and see if it works. And if it doesn't, well, then I, learn things. I can add one more thing too, Brooke, on that. Yeah. Because uh, one thing that was not readily apparent to me as I was going to, as I was initially thinking about this, um, a lot of times what, what, while you may not have an inter or a full-time position that, that opens up within that specific firm, a lot of times they are looking for people to place into their portfolio companies. Yes. So yes. that is something that is something that, you know, may be interesting to other students um, that you could, you know, intern with the, with the, the you know, quote unquote corporate, um, during this one summer, and then potentially get placed into one of their portfolio companies. Both of the um, two of the three firms that I felt like I had traction with for an internship um, had brought that up to me. That's, and that is, I'll, I'll add to that, that is a path we have seen some other students do. Um, yeah, yeah, they may not be able to stay, like you said, with the corporate office of a PVC firm, but they are able to, to move to a portfolio company. So. I'm, I'm glad you added that. Well, let's let's shift a little bit to um, back to investment banking and specifically talk a little about the recruiting process because the the recruiting process for investment banking is is pretty specific. It's it's definitely a little bit different than um, some of the other areas that MBAs pursue. So um, so yeah, if you if you would maybe take us through some of the the timeline and experience and prep that you did for that. Sure. I'll say I'll I'll drop one plug real quick and say that the Wall Street trek that mm -hmm. Owen puts on is great, and I encourage anybody who is who is remotely interested in investment banking to absolutely go on that trek. Mm -hmm. And I I went on the Charlotte one because I knew I wanted to stay in the Southeast. But if you're interested in either Charlotte or New York, um, I would highly encourage going on both because there's just no substitute to actually going to the offices, meeting with the folks getting the chance to ask direct questions to these guys, um, you just can't replace that. Right. And it, it, it lays a tremendous foundation for networking, mm -hmm. which networking is probably the single most important thing I would I would attribute to the, mm -hmm. the recruiting process. Uh, you just can't do it enough. It is so important. I feel like, uh, and I what always baffles me is I don't understand why more people aren't as diligent about it as, than they are. You really... It, what's crazy to me is you you can you set yourself out you, you set yourself apart by actually being proactive, reaching out to folks and trying to kind of work your way up in terms of who you're talking to. I mean, it's crazy. These guys they document every single interaction they have with you, whether it's an email, whether it's a phone call, whatever it may be, they document it. And what they're trying to understand is you know how interested are you really? What they really want to know is. If if we make that offer to you, are you going to accept it? And so they they try and they try and gauge your interest level. So mm. to the extent you you really are proactive in your networking, it I believe personally it makes a, a tremendous difference on your chances 
and it can overcome a lot of weaknesses or, or weaknesses you may have on your resume or a lack of experience, experience if you really show that interest. And, and I would highlight, you know, you're very, you got to be, you, can, you can't just have generic interest in these firms. You got to do your homework on these guys and, and really understand them. And you got to, it's not just the firm, it's where they're located. You got to be very interested in, in the geographic area that they're located, that you are dead set you want to live there. And you got to be interested in the firm itself and do some, some homework so you can ask intelligent questions. So let's let's go ahead and pick it back up with um, with you're talking a little bit about what your experience was like for investment banking interviews because it's it's a lot different from other types of interviews out there. Um, so so what was your experience like? And if you want to tie back into more of some of the preparation that you did as you kind of learn more of what of what this looked like, that would be that would be great. Sure, and and kind of like <laughs> like a lot of things you hear in, in business school. A lot of it just depends. You know, <laughs> it, it depends a lot on, on your background as an individual, mm-hmm. um, on which types of banks you're recruiting at. Mm-hmm. Um, I, will, I will tell you some of the, the advice that I got that would prove to be most helpful. A, a VP from SunTrust uh, came and spoke to us at a, just a lunch and learn event. One of the things he said was, well, if I see a candidate that has a, a lot of finance experience, especially transactional work i'm not going to waste a lot of time during the interview process on that on technicals essentially what you hear a lot for investment making interviews um he's like i may ask a couple and if they nail them i'll just drop it and move on Hmm. for me that was a lot more of of what my experience was i mean i I had my background before school entailed a lot of transactional work that being that being said I, I did have a couple interviews where they did come up, but it, it was usually there's a few key ones that they'll probe you on. Yeah. And if you if you miss them or you don't sound confident in saying them, a lot of times that's when they go deeper. I would say for anyone, though, who's taking a big a divergent path from their from their previous careers um, you know, or, or transitioning for the first time into a finance-focused job, I would expect a lot more pressing on the technical side. Mm-hmm. And so... For those who are who are jumping into finance for the first time, you probably want to spend more time on the technical side from a preparation standpoint. And I would I would suggest prepping for those hmm. um, maybe a month or two at two months in at the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would suggest probably by oct- beginning to mid October, you need to be really focusing on those. For for others who've got a little bit more finance experience, you can delay that somewhat. But that's, my, that's where my advice would go from a technical standpoint. I would say yeah. also that the, all of the banks care equally, if not even more, about behavior, the behaviorals or the fit questions, uh-huh. primarily because they know they're going to be working a lot of hours with you, and they want to like you, and they want to they understand or have a good feel that you will fit in with the group. Mm-hmm. And so they do spend a lot of time with these fit questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, uh, I would be prepared – to talk about the fact that you understand one <laughs> the demands of the job because mm-hmm. um, they, they will press you on that and then two um, they all want to know I guess let me take a step back on that one I'll say there's a dynamic there from a geographical standpoint with banking mm-hmm. I think a lot of the New York banks are, are people's top picks when they're when they're coming out of, of business school right and and Sometimes the Charlotte or 
Atlanta are viewed more as like secondary options or backups mm-hmm. for candidates. And so if you're for me, who was focused exclusively on Charlotte and exclusively on Atlanta or Charlotte and Atlanta, the Southeast banks, you know, I had to convince them that that really was my top priority because mm-hmm. I think many, many times um, they've been burned by candidates who say that they want to be there. They extend them an offer and then they accept an offer for a New York firm instead. I, and I'll agree and, because because I've I've seen that happen a couple <laughs> a couple of times. So I think I think you're right on. I think for those, if you really want to be in the Southeast or in Charlotte or Atlanta, if you can really stress that and have a good story that supports that, you, you do yourself a real service in the interview process. I think having having something concrete that you can point to that ties you to the Southeast goes a long way um, in the in the interview process for sure. Right. So what about um, what about kind of the stress interview? I've heard I've heard some of our students say, um, you know, oh wow, you know, I've heard investment banking is really intense, and sometimes they really try to, um, you know, turn up the, the pressure on you in the process. Did you have any of those interview experiences? And if so, what, what were those like? You know, I, I had a I had a couple moments within interviews that were pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the interview you should be very well prepared for just in terms of telling your story, talking about your resume, you know, why, why investment banking, why this city, why this bank, those questions can eat up a lot of your, your interview. So if mm-hmm. you, if you pre- prepare accordingly, you can, you can kind of engineer it such that, um, there's not a ton of time left for them to grill you. <laughs> right. Um, so I have, would say have some a, questions ready. You can fill the gaps with in case they get to that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll say this. So one of the, um, one of the banks that I interviewed with, uh, Bulge Bracket and and Charlotte, if you can whittle that one down. <laughs> um, for one, it was just intense, but from a sheer, a sheer volume standpoint, mm-hmm. we had six. I think I had six back six interviews all back to back that were long and with two people each. And wow. So it was like just so that one just like sheer volume of, of interviews was tough and, I, and, and one of those I'll say this um, if you get an analyst that's coming into your interview you're, you're much I think you're much more likely to be grilled on technicals <laughs> and, so, and mm-hmm. that's just you know there's an analyst associate dynamic there and depending on the bank and that that person's experience sometimes it can be contentious and they kind of want to make a point mm-hmm. and and so you know, I, I had one at, at, at this um, rapid fire interview I just mentioned, and he he really I didn't feel like he was trying to make a point in any way, but he asked my hardest questions in my interview because you know it was, it was one that I couldn't have really wouldn't have thought to prepare for. Hmm. You know, I, that they um, that bank had from a research standpoint um, that one of the companies I had previously worked at, um. and. He was grilling me all about that, all about the company itself. Wow. And it, you know, it'd been a been two years since I worked there, and then he asked me the question, you know, if I had if I had ten million dollars to invest in this company, should I invest in equity or debt, and why? And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I've never heard this before, <laughs> and I, you know, I felt like I scraped through it okay. My advice there is to just take a step back and think. Many times we want to drill down into these very like in the weeds questions but sometimes mm-hmm. they'll, they'll pull back on you like that and look more 
broadly at your resume and say, okay, look at this company. Let's see how he responds to talking about this company. How did, how well did he really know it? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would take a step back also and think of kind of bigger tangential questions that can come out of the interview process as well. Um, And it seems like, it seems like the principle there is, is the making sure you're not just memorizing the answer to a bunch of questions, but you're understanding the key principles enough that you can apply them kind of off the cuff. Is that would you is, is that you think what we're kind of the, that is going with that? Okay. Very, very well said. And I'll say this, that, that brings me to a good point. You know, even the technical questions I did get, I got one other interview that was semi heavy on the technical side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get your, your guide to technical answering technical questions, and they kind of hear often you just need to memorize it but you're, you're right what happens is they'll ask you i mean I, don't, I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't heard of anybody being asked a technical question that wasn't one of those 400 that they give you yeah they never ask it verbatim it's always asked in a different way hmm. and so semantics can be can make them confusing and that, that happened to me in one where i was asked a question that i semantically he said he phrased it differently than I had prepared for it. Hmm. And so I ha- it took me like it took me talking through it with him a couple for a couple minutes to actually figure out what he was saying. And when uh-huh. he when I figured that out, I was able to answer it. But I, I think you're spot on. You just don't don't memorize them exactly for word for word like with the you know straight flashcard mm-hmm. approach. You know, understand the principles and then you can you can maneuver and twist your answers as needed based on the situation for sure. I I think that's a good that's a good point. Great. Well, I, I, I hope it, it goes all, all the best for you as you uh, continue after this orientation. Well, uh, thanks so much, Brooke. I, as always, I, I enjoy our conversations and I'm always happy to help out. And uh, Thank you. I'll, I look forward to staying in touch. This is Vanderbilt Business is a production of Center Building Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Vanderbilt University or the Vanderbilt Ellen Graduate School of Management. Music is provided by Mike Foster, and I'm Nate Luce. Thank you.